The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for hanging out here with me today on the pod. Fun episode for you today. If you're a football junkie, I think that you're really going to dig this. And that's because I've got one of the premier football analysts on my podcast. And it's great. It's great. We were trying to get Fox onto the radio show, but the timing of it didn't quite work out. Because we have Big Ant Heron in the studio when Fox called in. And he was nice enough to say, all right, just hit me up later and we'll figure this whole thing out. So we made it an episode of the pod. And we're playing a portion of it on the radio show. I, I really like Dominique Foxworth. And considering what happened this Monday night against the Patriots in Foxborough, I thought it was a good idea to talk with him. If you'll remember, Chicago fans got really upset with Dominique about some of the stuff that he was saying about Ryan Poles and Ryan Poles not doing enough for Justin Fields. So he he was cool enough, like he got he gets the bit to go on. Like he went on with Jay. He, he and Jay were great on Jay's podcast. And so by the time that he and I like connected, he's like I've already done you know, someone else's pod, but we can talk later on in the year if you want. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, I, I wanted to be judicious with that, and I figured leading into the Monday night game that we could have a real honest discussion about Justin Fields one way or the other. And it turns out that it was great for Justin Fields and the Bears the way that he played, and I, I asked Fox, I was like, hey, can we do something – on Tuesday, and he was like, no problem at all. So I wanted to really, like, I, it was fun for me because, you know, I do a partner show now, so to, to, get, to get the chance to interview someone one-on-one is still a lot of fun for me. 
And this takes me back into my days of being in the locker room a little bit and having a chance to talk with smart players about things and and really try to learn more about the game. Like, it's a lifelong mission. Like, if you do this for a living and you haven't been a player, then it should be your lifelong mission to learn as much as possible to inform your position and inform your opinions. And also, I just think Dominique Foxworth is just a cool dude, you know? You check him out. He's on Get Up. He's on the podcast with Bomani on Foxworth Friday. It's dope when those two get together. Fox has got his own podcast now. You should check that out for sure, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You should listen to it. And another reason that I think that, that he was, like, inclined to do the podcast, like, he talks about his wife having Crohn's a lot. And obviously, you know from listening to this podcast, I have Crohn's. So I wanted to thank him because it's nice when people who don't have Crohn's talk about the challenges for those of us that do. And he's a real advocate for his wife. So I, I, I'm glad that he understood that I was trying to show support and, like, vibe with him in, in that regard because obviously uh, I've been living with Crohn's for 30 years and can relate. And he he is real cool. We talk about that like towards the end of the pod. But if you want a real breakdown of Justin Fields, you are about to get it. You're about to learn what he does well, what he doesn't do well, and what are the things the Bears can do to help further along his career. We get real X and OE in this, and I know that most of you like that. So this is me and Dominique Foxworth of ESPN talking about the Bears and Justin Fields. Let's let's talk about what had happened before. I think that you put together a really good case for there being there being some issues with how Justin Fields has been surrounded walking into this season. And you know I I reached out to you and I said, "Look, Bears fans very much in their feelings about all of this stuff." I still think you were right, and I, I've been getting shrapnel today, as a matter of fact, by pointing out that they, they still have some issues. But what were the things that you saw that concerned you going in? Um, I think, honestly, it was it's just the, the roster construction and the timing of everything. And it's not – I think a lot of things that got misunderstood and what I was saying was, like, uh, made it seem like I was against Ryan Poles or Eberflus or – or Justin Fields, for that matter. No, it wasn't just pointing out that the timing was all off, and it was like a haphazard panic uh, um, kind of roster construction, and now they're under it. And I would be lying if I thought that they'd be as good as they looked last night. I didn't think we'd see that this season. So I think rather rather than waste your time taking shots, Bears fans, you need to celebrate. I mean, that last night was incredible. Or Monday night, I guess, was incredible. It was a lot of fun. And it seems like you guys at least have, from what I understand, uh, Ryan Poles was involved in, or at least the front office is what I heard, is involved in the kind of strategy change to get more design runs for uh, Justin Fields and obviously Iberflus and the whole staff was on board with that. Like, it seemed really promising. It didn't seem like a fluke. While the score might have been like a bit of a, a, a shock, it seemed like they had some things that are sustainable and something to build around going forward. So... I, I will admit that 
I was wrong about that. I did. I thought they were much further away than they are. And I think uh, the, I guess, development of Justin Fields, if we can call it that, is because it, it kind of just felt like it's not like steady. Well, you know, where he's like, he's getting better, but it's just, it's erratic. And I guess you got to be ready for this roller coaster ride. Yeah, progress is not always linear. And, and right. sometimes it's going to look like this. I really appreciated what Eberflus did. And honestly, you know, after four years of Matt Nagy and, and him being like, oh, we're looking for the whys and, and all this stuff. I, when, when Eberflus said that they were going to spend the time to really dig deep into what's going on, I was like, okay, man, I, I've heard that I've heard that shit before. Like I I've honestly like heard that from coaches when I was covering the league every day. I thought that he did that. And I, I what I thought was significant is that he talked with Fields. Like he said, he specifically wanted to talk with Fields. And it looked like on Monday night, they talked about the things that he does better and they did more of it. Was that the way you saw it? Yeah, it's just a uh, wild concept, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do a lot of what the guy does well. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. And I, I think one of the things about developing quarterbacks and developing any players is finding ways to, like, take pressure off of them. And I think that they imagined that they would take the pressure off of Justin Fields by having a better running game and put it more on the running backs. But I think you can take pressure off of a quarterback or any player by allowing them to do what they do best more often. And, you know, and, and ask him to do the hard stuff uh, as little as possible. And I think that's what uh, Monday night really looked like was he felt loose and comfortable and confident. And it's a great time to have it. Those primetime games really change the way people view you and it changed the way you view yourself to be able to have the big primetime win against. I mean, albeit it's not the Patriots of Super Bowl winning times, but it's still a very good Patriots team. So there is something to the idea of playing on those island games and you have a big game, it could actually spark something? I mean, I think so. It's Psychology, I think, is the last kind of bastion of, like, sports analytics that we haven't gotten into. We try to measure and understand everything else. We don't quite understand that yet, and maybe we never will. But those games matter because the – the kind of uh, environment that you're in impacts the way that you prepare and it impacts the way that you think about yourself and impacts the way um, how committed players are to the like extra work. And I think that these type of games impact the environment because everyone's watching it and everyone's talking about it. You have a big win on a one o'clock. It's a little different. Maybe your fans are talking about it. Maybe your city's talking about it, but the whole country's not talking about it. And on Tuesday, the whole country, was talking about how good Justin Fields looked and how promising the their game plan was and how well the defense played, the the young players you guys have there that are coming along. Like, it it, it felt like a moment. And what they do with this, I mean, who knows? It's a tough league. They could mess around and lose next week or lose a couple in a row, but they could win a couple in a row. Couple in a row. Either way, it feels like it was kind of a defining moment, at least for this young team. As someone who's played – defensive back at the highest level who's played on some really good defenses throughout your career when you have a quarterback like fields be able to extend plays and to gain yards with his legs what does it do to the defenders and you just want a competent offense you want to be able to get a break every now and then if you have a guy who can do more than that which or a team that can do or a unit i guess offensive unit that can do more than that that's much appreciated and it seemed like uh 
the defense kind of feeds off of that. It's uh, it's an emotional game, and you need whatever boost you can get. And it's nice to be able to to jump on the offense's back every now and then. And I think the Bears' defense is certainly, at least historically, uh, through the just about the entire history of the Bears team has been like a defense focused uh, attack where the defense was what it was kind of with the calling card of the team in the city, frankly. And so it, it's nice to feel like Chicago might have a quarterback for, for I was going to say for once in a long time, but maybe for once. Yeah. Sid Luckman is still all up on the leaderboards oh. in Chicago. <laughs> that's, that's rough. That is rough. Oh. Let me let me flip that question and let me ask uh, you from the perspective of an opponent. So you're back there and you're going up against Justin Fields and he does what he did last night for for the the guys on the other team that are trying to defend him. What does that what, what advantage does that give the Bears if he can actually make first downs with his legs or stay in the pocket long enough to let guys open up downfield and get throws off to them. Yeah. I mean, I think you can start with the defensive coordinator is it forces the defensive coordinator to simplify the, his athletic ability will force the coordinator to run less man because you can't really play man with a quarterback that can scramble. Or if you do play man, you have to put a spy on him, which takes somebody out of the rest, out of the rush, which, which will take the pressure off the offensive line. And if you're forced into a lot more zone, there are holes in zone. It's a lot easier. Like you require, you're required as a quarterback to have a little less accuracy than in tight man coverage than when you're in zone. And, and zone has like concepts that you can attack. If there's a curl flat defender, he can't cover the curl in the flat. And so you can put players in binds in that way. As long as you can be able to predict uh, and anticipate the defenses that you're going to see, I think it makes everyone's job a whole lot easier. And as for the, players on the field and it makes the um the coordinator's job a lot harder because he's going to have to call some simpler things and and kind of and stick to those concepts in order to because it, the risk is not uh it's because it's high risk i guess so like maybe you'll play tight coverage on a third and six and okay you succeeded that far but then you have to somehow be able to keep justin bills from running for it also like you don't want to encourage that like one of the scariest things that you can have as a defender is an athletic quarterback. And then as the player on the field, it's just about the time. Like you can buy more time. You have to cover for longer. And you're also always anticipating like, like the reason why play action is um, so dangerous is because it draws in the defenders and then you can go over the top, but he's kind of always into play action. So if you're in a zone, your zones are going to be a little tighter, like a little tighter to the line of scrimmage in certain situations because you're like, well, the run threat is always there and it makes the deep passes or the intermediate area a little bit more open. So you always have to force teams to cover as much of the field as you can. And his running ability is kind of a natural like stress on the defense that forces them to be aware of that at all times. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. 
Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I kind of felt like they did a good job of putting Judon in conflict in the second half of the game where he was he was beating the brakes off of Larry Borm for most of the game. And then in the second half... He was caught in between because he's like, right. if I go up the field, I lose contain on this guy, and he goes, you know, for thirty yards down the field. Yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> that's the trick of having a quarterback like that is you don't want to um, sit back. And Justin Fields is a very good passer. Also, you don't want to like not rush him and give him all the time in the world, but you also don't want to like be over aggressive to force the scramble. And then if it's a zone read or a quarterback run, you can't lose contain, but that takes away the number of moves that you're allowed to do as a pass rusher too. You know, you rarely see guys spinning inside on a, uh, on a Lamar Jackson or something. So like it's, you got to go around the edge or bull rush. You're not going to be able to have these counter moves because if you give them the edge, it's trouble unless you're like blitzing. And then there's another complication with that. So like, I, I think the one of the more successful strategies teams have had against quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson is blitzing is because you kind of take that time element away from him. you force him to make quick decisions. You don't allow him to sit back in the pocket and that's all fine. As long as you make the tackle. And that's something about like Justin Fields that falls into the um, Josh Allen category, being a big, strong guy is like, okay, if you send a blitz and you miss the tackle, he shakes you or he shrugs you off. There's no second level. We're looking at 10, 15 yards before anybody can get to him. So, I mean, it's not a perfect thing. Obviously, there are ways to stop it, but there's no way to have a quarterback like that on the field and not, like, be taking some risk as a defense. It's like if you, I don't know, uh, any other pocket passer you think of is Matt Stafford or something, for example. If Matt Stafford shrugs you off, first of all, he's not likely to do that. But if he does, (laughs) he's going to throw the ball away. He's not going to turn it into a 15-yard run. So it, it just it's hell for us as defenders and defensive coordinators preparing for and playing in a game against a guy like Fields, who's a good thrower and uh, exceptional runner. After all your time in the league and now looking at it, you know, from the thirty thousand foot view, do you think you have an idea on how to bring a quarterback from college to the pros? Like, cause there that there's the camps of he should play right away and and he should sit for a year. I, I'm not sure yeah. what to think anymore on how to get the most out of those players as quickly as possible. Oh, it's easy. I can I can spell it out for you right now. I don't know why nobody's called me yet. It's simple. You have to bring them into a good situation. I think that quarterbacks need time to develop, and it doesn't necessarily mean time to develop while sitting on the bench. While that could be a strategy, it's just you need time to – to get better and to focus on the things that you need to work on in off season. And hopefully you can do it while winning. 
Um, that like, goes back to the original point of finding ways to take pressure off of them. If you notice, like the best quarterbacks in football, all were guys who came in good situations. And right now is probably a bad time to cite all these guys because a lot of them aren't doing very well. But Tom Brady came into a great situation. The roster was already stacked. They won Super Bowls without putting a lot of pressure on them. Aaron Rodgers came into an already pretty well-built roster. Uh, he said a year, worked out. Patrick Mahomes, the same thing. Ben Josh Roethlisberger. Allen, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't know, uh, anybody else. Well, Joe Burrow may be a, a different case. He's like the aberration in this. But most of these guys came into good situations and it allowed them to develop uh, over time. And they get a little better in offseason. They're not asking so much of them. The pressure's off of them because they might have a good offensive line. They might have some great receivers. They might have a great defense. They might have all those things. And uh, and then I think that's like you're building the confidence. You're building the skills. Early in it, we're, we're like, all right, these are your plays. You focus on these. You perfect these. And the next season, we can add a little bit more complication, a little bit more. And I think that's – nobody's drafted, particularly first-rounders. Like, nobody's drafted in the first round because they don't have talent. I, I sincerely believe that so so many quarterbacks, and that's why I was so like defensive, I guess, of Fields and in, uh, in the preseason is because I think more quarterbacks are ruined than are bust, and it, it felt like Fields was on that track of being ruined, and it made me sick. Like it just like because I'm watching him, like this guy's so talented, and like drop him anywhere else, or not anywhere else, but drop him in a good situation, and he's going to be great. And it was really like disappointing and frustrating the more I watched him play and saw that like, and then looked at the history, the recent history of, of that team, what they did with um, Trubisky and what Nagy was doing. I was just like, gosh, like, I don't know Justin Fields. He's not my family. Like, I don't care, but like, this fucking sucks. Like this is, this really sucks. He should force his way out of here. Now I look a little foolish because things are turning around, but the point remains the same is that, so many guys, more guys than than I think actually squandered their own opportunities are failed by coaches and organizations that think that this is the NBA and you just can draft LeBron and turn it around. That ain't it, man. That ain't it. You can drop the greatest. We saw Tom Brady uh, essentially force his way down to Tampa Bay. We thought he was done. Reasonable, smart football minds watched him in his last year in New England and was like, he's not good anymore. And he threw an interception to end his run in uh, New England. He went down to a roster that had an offensive line and receivers and a defense and was loaded. Then all of a sudden he planned as good as he ever did in his career. And that's the thing that, that I think frustrates me more than anything is we boil this all down to like, is the quarterback winning or losing? Is he good or bad? And like erase all the context. What's the next thing that you want to see Justin Fields? Like the next kind of tent pole that you'll say, hey, he's starting to really get it. That's a good question. Um, I think the, I just want consistency, you know? I think it's more than anything is just like to like master this level, you know? Mm. And like, he doesn't have to play like he played on Monday night, every night, but just be able to wake up. And like, as I'm not a Bears fan, but I know what it's like to be a fan of a team. You wake up and you're not worried. Like you may not win, you may not lose, but you're not worried. This guy is stable. You know, it's not going to be up or down. It's just stable. And it's not just him. It's the whole team being able to create some stability for him. But that's the next step before you can start adding on and, like, putting back-to-back 
um, incredible games together and before he can get into MVP races and all that stuff, which he has the talent to do all of that, just got to like, just get to stable. And it's hard to do when the organization's up and down. So luckily it feels like things are stabilizing with Ryan Poles and Eva Flus and uh, they're headed in the right direction. So I think just put together a few weeks of, of just like low mistakes football. How's the podcast going? It's going well, man. We uh, we got good. We're doing good numbers. The, I mean, I don't really keep up with all that stuff because it just stressed you out. But uh, more than anything, I'm getting better at it and getting more comfortable. That's the first step. Is like understanding what the assignment is and understanding what people like and trying to. I think the hardest thing so far for me has been trying to infuse my personality into the show and not just be worried about like, all right, we got to hit this time. We got to hit this time. We got to hit this time. But we're doing well. I think we got the, uh, somebody of the podcast, people at ESPN said we had the best launch of any of their podcasts ever, which is a good, um, is a good start. So just keep getting better. And the funny thing is every, every like couple of weeks, I feel like, uh, like embarrassed about the last couple of weeks shows. <laughs> Cause like I, I get better and I'm like, Oh, I can't listen to that old stuff no more. So it's, it's a good feeling to have where you're just like, uh, I wasn't good. I think that you're doing great, by the way. And it's it's a different thing to go from, you know, the old school way of thinking about it in radio was the, the driver's seat and the passenger seat where – like you're the passenger on Bomani's podcast. So right. Yeah. right so, so he's like driving it. And then mm-hmm. when you were asked to drive your own thing, it's like, oh, like <laughs> this it's a different job. Yeah, I don't I don't want to bore anybody with the with the minutiae of like building a podcast, but that's what I meant about infusing my personality is like on Bomani's podcast, I just lay back in the cut and come in with zingers and like insight <laughs> and like I can be me. And so, like, the hard thing is, all right, now I got to steer this ship. And I, it, it's, you can't, like, interject on yourself. So, like, I don't know. It's, it's been a little bit of a challenge. Charlie Kravitz has been helping me out with it. He's the uh, co-host of the show, and he makes it a little bit easier for me. He's the producer that I work with for a long time. And he helps me to kind of steer the ship and ask the right questions to draw out. But, yeah, I, anybody who's in this business knows how hard it is to just sit up there with a mic and it be entertaining. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know football, but that don't mean you want to hear me just like ramble about my random thoughts. Well, I, I'll let you go with this, man. Like I told you on DM, um, I've got Crohn's. I literally just took my Umera shot before we did the this sit down. I really appreciate how you're an advocate for your wife oh, yeah. dealing with it, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I learned how to give her Crohn's shots, the Humera shots too. Yeah. It's uh uh, yeah, so I mean, I was about to explain to you how uh, challenging it can be, but <laughs> I don't need to do that. But yeah, she's she's strong, she's tough, and it's like, uh, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's kind of like she doesn't even bother her, uh, even though I know, like at times, it's just excruciatingly painful and and like uncomfortable. You gotta, I don't know, just think about everything, little things that I let uh, that I don't give much consideration to, and planning my day is something that she and you I'm sure I have to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I mean, anything I can do to support, I'm here to do that. Well, man, thanks so much for this. This means a lot. I, I love your work. I think you do a great Thank job, you. whether it's on TV or, or on the podcast or now this new venture. And, and you know, I, I actually think the Bears fans understood where you were coming from. They just didn't oh, yeah. want to admit it. 
Yeah, and, and also, also, it's the internet, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand it. I don't take any of that too personally. The one thing that I like wish though is don't waste my time telling me I'm stupid or I don't know anything. Like, make a joke. Like, I, I, I feel like I, give me a gift or something. I know I'm reading through my DMs or my um my mentions, and nobody's funny or creative. They just like call me an asshole. Like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> hey, put some effort in. Just talk about being entertaining. I don't know. Give me a. You're not gonna get no likes and retweets for just calling me an asshole, right? Like, do something reasonable. Do something that that actually makes sense. Well, man, thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. If I can ever be helpful in anything that's happening yeah. in Chicago, feel free to reach out. Appreciate it. I'll hit you up before I make another Chicago tweet. All right. That that works <laughs> out. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, man. Thanks a lot. I'm really happy that Dominique gave me that much time, and it's weird because I told him that. I was like, I'm not going to keep you long. And then I looked up, I'm like, oh, shit. I kept him for 22 minutes. And I was really trying to do that in, like, 15. But the conversation was good. So I just kept rolling with it for as long as, as I could. I I had ended up having to end the conversation because I was on my way to go see Black Adam. So shout out to Dominique Foxworth for being very, very, very cool about his time and very gracious about the amount of time that he spent on the podcast. I think there's so much interesting stuff there. That part where he's talking about how Justin Fields changes the way that you can rush him as like a defensive end I thought that's fascinating and he's right like it it makes all the logical sense in the world that you're not going to be able to do so you don't want to be rushing out of control because he's so dangerous with his feet it's really good stuff I am hopeful that things can continue going in the right direction for him I, I really think that there's – you know what I like about Monday's performance is, to me, Monday's performance gives anyone that is excited about Justin Fields all the ammunition that they'll ever need. You saw it against Bill Belichick on Monday Night Football. You saw all of the skills that he has. Now, whether or not he's going to be able to – grow and use all of those skills going forward, that's still unknown. But at least you know he has them, that you saw it at the pro level. Because we all saw it at the college level. But we saw him do this to NFL players. And that, to me, is a step in the right direction. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I really enjoyed bringing it to you. Thanks again to Dominique Foxworth of ESPN. He was great. And he was honest. And Chicago, he he loves Justin Fields. Just know that that's where all of his stuff is coming from. I hope that you enjoyed this. I really do. And I'm glad that you stuck around for it. Tell someone about House of L. I think we have 1,300 comments. But we can always use more. So if you're new to the podcast, rate us and give us five stars. And then write a review and be like, hey, this podcast is fire. I appreciate your time. Thanks for the support. As always, Radiant Black number 18 is in comic book stores now. Please go pick it up. I'm curious what you think of what we did. And the next episode of Sports Adjacent, I am on it, and I think that you'll enjoy that too.
I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.